Hello and welcome to In Star Trek We Trust. Today we will be discussing the ninth episode of Star Trek Picard, entitled Et in Arcadia Ego. To use a word I love, the penultimate episode. It is the penultimate. Penultimate is one of my favorite words. Don't ask me why. It's a fun word. It's a fun word to say. Penultimate. Yep. Yeah. I used to have that as in my, at home when I grew up. I had a pen, uh, just a sticker on the back of my door that just said penultimate. Really? Yeah. I don't know where I got it, but I just huh. loved it so much. And then you it might, feel it like... might actually still be there at my parents' house. And then you could feel today's the day before the end. Yeah. Well, given what's going on, you never know. Uh, yes. So, my name is Ethan. I'm joined and by my me. name is Penultimate. <clears throat> and today, we we're discussing the episode that I just told you we we're discussing. Mm-hmm. All right. The it's So, it's a two-part season finale. And this is obviously part one. Yes. Um, and. Which is a little redundant to call it a two part. This whole episode is a ten part. I know. Well, I. Th- I mean, the whole season's a ten part. The way I justify that is next week is going to be the same episode title, colon, part two. I know. You know. Such sweet sorrow. Such sweet sorrow, part two. Well, at so. least they don't make us wait a whole season. Mm. Or a whole off season, rather. Yeah. So. Um, I liked it. It was very, um, we were kind of talking about it the other day briefly that really, really tense episode. Yeah, I feel last yeah. week's also. But I think for me, like, even as a viewer, I was a little, I was nervous when they got to that planet before they even went to find the other sense. Like, I was nervous because, um, who was it? Um, Gerardi kind of echoed my feelings. She said, Do they hate us? Right. And, and, even, was, and that's what I was afraid of. And even his name escapes me, but the captain who yeah. said, um, I don't trust, I don't trust these people here. Yeah. Yeah. Because think about it. Like we're, it's one of those cool situations where like we, the viewers are in the same predicament there. We don't know what they're going to find when they get there. They don't know what they're going to find when they get there. And they're asking the same questions that we as viewers are asking. Right. Do and they, we feel like do we trust hate? Soji. Yeah. So she's kind of like our window in. because We've got yeah. to know her. Right. But we have no idea about the rest of them. Mm-hmm. My initial thought, I felt the same thing also. A very propulsive episode. It just carried me along. Yeah. But I felt like the crew feels like, my note just says, they are the crew. So, like, they're the crew, they're crew now. Yeah. Those every- episodes when they first, I mean, the scenes when they first got there and they went to the board cube, it felt like a functioning crew. It was great. No, that's interesting because I kind of had a similar feeling. Like, yes, this is episode nine of ten. But really, this was the first time I felt like this is a unified crew. And Picard was actually being very... You could see him echoing his past, where he would say... When they're having, like, the briefing before they go out there, like, he's asking them questions the same way he would have asked his crew on the Enterprise back yes. on Next Generation. Yep. And he's yeah. also dictating things to them. He's he dictating things. Them, but he yeah. t- and when he tells them that he's dying. and he, But he tells them, if you even treat me as such... It may piss me off. Right. And he goes, so. And then he changes the subject. He goes, okay, so. Yeah. I felt. Give me your report. I felt that was the old dick of a Picard. Because he's telling people, I am going to tell you how you will respond emotionally to me dying. Yeah. And you don't have a choice in it. You know, it was kind of a dick move. What the show has managed to do, and I I wondered if this was going to be uh, an issue. So Picard is not officially the captain. Right. No, that's why I referred to. What is his he's name? He's not the, the captain, captain, the actual of captain. The ship. 
Rios. Thank I you. almost said Rizzo. Because I'm saying Rios and Rizzo, and I'm, you know, getting them. Yeah, we have so, Rios. Precious little Rizzo. But the thing is, Rios is the captain of the ship. Yes. But Picard is the captain of the, the of the crew. In the mission, Basically. Yes. Like, there is a difference. He's not... He's not both. Yes. And not to say that I thought there was going to be any kind of a power struggle, but I thought there would have been maybe like small moments where like hmm. Rios would give him that gentle reminder like, hey, I'm yeah. the captain, not you. And I think it's because of his Starfleet training yeah. in the fact that he is so committed and he has respect for Picard, I think that hasn't been a problem. Right. Which is cool. So but Picard yeah. still, to me, feels like, he does still feel like the captain. Right. Yeah. Yeah, he's making the decisions. He's calling the shots. They're doing their... Uh, He's ready, more of a navigator. They're doing their equivalency ready room scenes and observation lounge scenes very well. Yes. And it's cool yeah. that they put them all over the place. Right. Because there is no ready room. So wherever well, they are... Well, a couple weeks ago, you said you loved that moment. Like, when we go to the dinner table, I want us to pretend like we're having a meeting in my ready room. Yeah. Oh, that's yeah. great. Because that's what you wanted. They appreciate the ready room as much as I do. Because that's what you wanted. Yes. Yes. Absolutely. Absolutely. So. Um, so one thing to note, just on the title. Uh, so I looked it up, knowing that usually when there's Latin, it comes from something, and it just—it's yes. a painting, and it translates to "Even in Arcadia, there am I." And according to the Wikipedia, that art historians say Ar- Ar- Arcadia means utopia, and I means death. So saying, even in utopia, even in this perfect place, there is death. You cannot escape death. So I thought that was interesting, given that it seems like Capellius is mm. quite the utopia. One of many uh, in a long line of Latin episode titles. So I'll just quickly go down the list in order. Uh, and I may mispronounce some of these because I don't speak Latin. So TNG, Sub Rosa, literally meaning under the rose, an expression meaning secretly. Um, DS9's Dramati- Dramates Personae. Am I saying this sure. properly? Yeah. You should get Julia in here. Um, yeah, his wife. Um, I won't give all the definitions, but inter arma enum silent legis. I'm sorry, I'm butchering these. So those are two DS9 ones. Um, Voyagers ex post facto, non sequitur, alter ego. Um, Enterprise has Terra Nova and Vox Sola. Discovery, um, si vis passim para bellum. Remember that one? Yes. Um, I remember looking at one up too, but I don't remember what it meant. Yes. And then um, other ones which derive from um, Latin language authors, Bread and Circuses, Who Watches the Watchers, The Die is Cast, and Favor the Bold. Okay. So if anybody listening speaks fluid Latin, I apologize for butchering any of those titles. Uh, so, yeah. But well, Latin is not new to Star Trek, clearly. Right. Yeah. And it was interesting because I know Latin usually through law or like logic. Mm. So I expected this would be from law or logic, but it's not. So, I almost took Latin in high school, strangely enough. I had to take it in fifth and sixth grade because I went to a Catholic school. Mm. Wish but I, I retained absolutely nothing. Still can, I guess. Um, so I'm curious to hear your take after we talk about the whole episode, if we think that, or actually after next week, because we haven't seen the whole story, to see how we think that applies. Obviously, we find out Picard is dying. Yep. Well, the crew does while they're in this utopia place, knowing that the point, Romulans are coming to kill them. A point I keep forgetting about, that he's dying. Yeah. Which, yeah. But is he really, though? Right. Well, now we know that they can transfer brains into uh, into uh, synthetics. Well, I guess my question so who is... does he have to? I guess my question is, what is the, what is the point of it? Like, what is it doing for the storyline? 
right? Like, why is that a plot point? I'm sure it's I'm sure it'll sort itself out at some point. Do you think he's being more reckless than he would usually normally under normal circumstances? I don't think he's being reckless at all. Okay. So. Okay. I I mean, but the thing is, even if he was being reckless. I mean that's a. I know it's open to interpretation. It's a. Subjective he's certainly term, going on a mission that is. I don't. I don't, I don't know if any, I don't know if any level of recklessness has to do with him dying. Well, if someone is dying, they don't have. It's kind of like that screw it attitude. Screw yeah. I'm gonna do anything. Um, I. I got nothing left to lose. I. I don't know at this point. I mean, I. It's one of those story points that I kind of. Forgot about, and every time they remind me, I'm just like, oh yeah, right. I. I I'm sort of in this state of denial. Like, I don't actually believe they're going to follow through with that, but who knows? Right. I mean, he's not, I don't, he's not going to die tomorrow, right? Because <clears throat> in my mind, I'm like, well, I know there's another season coming, so he's at least going <laughs> to be there for the second season. Right. So, yeah, it's, I don't know what the, uh, what the, um, objective of that plot point is just yet. So, we'll see. Mm-hmm. It's not something that's really on the forefront of my mind. Neither so, do I. It, it yeah. lends to some of the emotional moments. Yeah. Like with Rafi and then with Elnor. And even um, Dr. Gerardi. Yeah. I mean, I think with me, it's more like, oh, they're not going to do that. They would never do that. Yeah. But, but it could did... be Patrick Stewart saying, I'll do it if you kill him off at some point. I couldn't see him doing a Harrison Ford like that. I mean, Brent Spiner did it for Data, allegedly. So, But here he is. True. Um, You're never truly dead on Star Trek. They can always bring right. you back somehow. Did, did that cross your mind, though, when, quote-unquote, Sung said... That and Girardi were having the conversation, and they said that they now can maybe put minds, memories into synthetics. I immediately thought of Picard because he just said how he's dying. So, and then we hear about that. What I took out of that, I, di- I didn't think about it in relation to Picard. But what I did think about what it, what did dawn on me when I watched that was, okay, is this how is this how you bring data back? Mm-hmm. Because it seems to me. It seems to be implied that Soji has Data's memories based on the conversation. Or everyone does. Last week, yeah. Even um, so, even though um, what her name is Arcana right. was surprisingly moved because, to meet Picard. Because don't forget, in the very first episode when they when Gerardi shows Picard before, mm-hmm. she reveals that the um, she didn't say mine, but the like the data transfer, you know, for lack of a better way of putting it. Into before was not entirely successful. Yes, because right, they thought they were just going to put him in. So not to say, you know, and I didn't think that was sort of starting a thread, but maybe this okay, is yeah. sort of. So you think Girardi has data on a flash drive in her bag? I... She's going to plug him in. I hope so. I'm just saying that it's even though data is dead physically, mm-hmm. um, it seems to be that his memories or you know personality or something exists. Yeah. In someone somewhere, so oh, and maybe another clue was the fact that we got to meet Spot too. Yeah, could be a little foreshadowing. I mean, think about it. Like, it, it, given how they can just build these synthetics, I mean, it would be easy to build somebody that looks exactly like Data, right? And one would assume. One would assume. And I mean, they all have his eyes anyway. And, this, and some Except of them have his eyes, and some of his golds. Well, some of them, not all of them. Because I was actually looking at that the other yesterday. Okay. Um, but I have no doubt that data could come back in some form. I agree. Um, like you could physically build the data. And again, his, it's implied to me 
somewhere that his memories do exist in Soji and then even possibly in other places too. So and they did say what did they say from a single from a single neuron in the pilot, I think? Something yes. about a single the clone from a single neuron and they're postulating like, oh, did some part of data survive right. or yeah. something like that. So Which I'm not thinking too hard about would all of his memories be in one neuron or any of those things. That's fine. I don't know. But um I definitely think that the door for data to return is definitely open. So I agree. And I so actually, that, that's where I think that was going. Yes, because I actually, I honestly don't think Picard would would do that. I don't yeah. think Picard would have his brain put into a synth. Hmm. You know? Yeah, I don't know. I, 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 don't, I don't think know. he would. Um, I think he would be old school and he would just die. I mean, I, again, I don't totally buy somebody on Star Trek being dead. Like they'll and really anything. Like they'll come back if the storyline dictates they come back. Right. Yeah, I mean, we thought Nemesis was the end of Next Gen. Clearly not. Right. So, I think that would be interesting if we don't we see Brent Spiner a lot, but we don't see Data. Yeah. Yeah, we've seen very little of Brent Spiner this season, less than I than I thought. Yeah, because so. the first two episodes we saw him a lot. I actually, so when he appeared in this episode, I know we're kind of jumping around, but. His name was in the opening credits, but I wasn't even paying attention because I didn't look at I the saw opening it. credits. So it was interesting. I didn't, yeah, I didn't I even see it. I saw it right after Seven of Nine actress's name. Jerry Ryan. Thank you. Yeah. And it said... Um, I mean, I look past the opening now because yeah. it's just... Well, I listen because I like the song. But it said special guest Jerry Ryan. Then it said special guest Brent Spiner. And I thought to myself, I wonder if they have to put that in every episode because he was in the first two. So maybe it's the same the whole season. Oh, yeah, maybe. But then I saw him and then I realized. That yeah. Um, I, can I side note really quick? Yes. I did hear the Voyager theme this time. Well, they played almost the whole thing. Yeah. <laughs> so good. I'm I was like, I okay, there it is. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Um, so I think it makes sense to talk about the planet and all, and then maybe swing back around to Narek. Yeah. So um, arriving at the planet. So those... The space flowers, I guess is what I'm going to call them. Yes. Um, kind of terrifying. Yeah. Yeah. Here was my feeling about it. I saw them and I was like, oh, cool. This is a very Star Trek idea. Yes. You know, we think one thing of um, spacecraft, but there are all these other ways to do it. What if it were organic? And I'm sort of bummed that it was not explored at all. Well, it was just, they took to down me, the ships and boom, over. To me, it was a really cool example of modern Star Trek making things seem a little bit more... Like, really going out and making things look a little bit more alien. Like, if that were, you know, if that was Voyager or DS9, potentially they could have just reused a prop, a ship from another episode and, like, changed the color and modified it. But you'd be like, yeah, that's the, you know, that's a Jem'Hadar ship modified or something like mm-hmm. that. So, and, you know, I realize it's a cost-cutting thing, but... um, Yeah, I loved the whole sort of, like, extremely alien feel to it, but... um. Oddly enough, the other thing I found about it, found I kind of observed about it, like it's a very, it had a very organic look to it. I mean, think about it; it's it's built by synths, but it's a very, it's meant to, it's an organic. Yeah, it looks like an organic, and it you know, definitely ties back to Maddox and his um, yeah. orchid. Right. So there's that. Yeah, it didn't look like a ship; it looked like a. And it was. And the way so, and something um, I observed so. The way they sort of attach themselves to their vessel and the board ship, mm-hmm. um, 
called back to something I read a long time ago. This is back when Voyager was still on the air. So the um, the season three finale, which deals with the Borg, it's called Scorpion. And we find out there's another alien race, much more powerful than the Borg. They call it Species 8472. I'm telling you because I, you know, I don't know if you've seen it. Mm-hmm. And I remember reading this TV guide interview that the way that cause their ships look like squids kind of. And they said that they, the way they attack is they like, they attach themselves but they didn't actually, they didn't do that in the episode for some reason. And so you never see that happening. So to me, I was like, oh, this is kind of like what, you know, 8472 was originally like intended to do, but they it, never actually It did have a very squid-like movement. Too. Yeah. 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 Uh, yeah. I just wish it had been explored more. I can imagine if this happened in the original series or something. Yeah. It would have been a whole little explainer. Right. They, instead of mechanical, they use organic right. technology and they'd be a whole thing, you know? You, so you, it's, it's interesting that we have or synthetic life. Yet organic ships, yeah. yep. and also it's interesting that we have Maddox, who's a human, and the Synths, who are all based on Data, who is known Starfleet. Yep. It's interesting that they didn't just make metal ships. You um, you almost got what you wanted, but you didn't. When the Borg vessel shit, you were hoping it was going to show up in like a battle. Well, or something like that. I don't know if I was hoping and expected. So yeah. we, as we talked about last week, that we thought maybe you know the last moment. The Borg cube comes flying in with seven Elnor. Right. They would do it like the way they, like the yeah. Rel came in and saved their asses at and the Elnor end. And Elnor would yell, Yeehaw! And then yeah. blast the rum. <laughs> yeah. Because by all, what it looks like in the trailer next week, it looks like it's going to be, again, a, a big battle taking place. But yes. yeah, I mean, that would have been cool if the Borg ship came in at that moment. Yeah. Then, I do still yeah. think the Borg ship's going to be very important. Because. Oh, yeah, totally. Um, Picard says. When, when after they go to the Borg ship and they oh here's one thing I found very interesting so they said do you think anyone survived and Rafi says I don't know it's how large it fell this good chance I don't think anybody survived and they get there and literally everyone is alive and just walking around real casual no one's can, even hurt can I just say observation thing I made too when they were looking at the crash the down Borg ship from the horizon really kind of evoked that really cool shot from Force Awakens yes with the, with the down Star Destroyer I mean I was thinking the exact same not to imply that they're copying it but it just it reminded me of yes and even walking into it I expected yeah. Ray to rappel down the side yes <laughs> but the thing is like it crashed and I thought to myself like shouldn't there be like fires inside and like yeah. it didn't it looked like it had been there for ages yeah right? it was like, not I'm like why isn't it problem, like but yeah I know it was very funny that yeah, no, I'm sure they didn't survive, and everyone just everyone's killed. everyone's and, and and by the way, an unscathed. Nobody's yes, bleeding, nobody nobody's hurt. injured. Yep. Nobody, nothing. And real casual too. They're yeah. just jumping around like, oh, I just finally made it. Come yeah. on, guys. <laughs> yeah. Um. But so that's fine. So when yeah. they're there, um, he has a little talk with Elnor and says how he's very proud of him, and uh, Seven says, "Well, go save the galaxy, Picard." And he says, "That's on you to save the galaxy now." Mm-hmm. So I think right, they're getting systems back online. They have scanners. I don't think it's going to go flying around, but it could very well have its weapons active. Yeah. Well, here's one thing, though. So, um, so Seven's appearance, as I said, I heard the Voyager theme, which made me happy. Um, what they could do, and maybe they will, they may not necessarily have to bring the Borg vessel back into space, but um, they could... So in, in First Contact, when the Starfleet Armada at the beginning is fighting the Borg cube... As the Borg cube is self-destructing, a smaller Borg sphere comes out of oh, yes. the cube, which is the, um, I think it's implied that the queen is on that, but, you know. And the Borg beam off that, and they come over with the Enterprise and assimilate it, and there's your movie. 
there is so it's kind of implied that every Borg cube has a smaller Borg sphere inside of it, and there's a there's definitely like an etching sphere shape on the Borg cube mm. where that sphere would probably fly out of. Mm-hmm. So I could see I could potentially see like a Borg sphere coming out of that cube and assisting with the uh, yeah with the battle. So yeah, potentially. So I don't know what point that spoke to, but yeah. That I, I do think it will play a vital role, maybe. Yeah. If it even goes down as a battle, I'm not convinced that that's what's going to happen. Yeah. Well, you saw the trailer for next week. I didn't actually. Okay. Usually I do, but. Well, there's a battle. There's a battle being oh. shown in the trailer, so okay. with lots of flowers. Okay. That's what yeah. they only had six left or something. Yeah. Um... <laughs> well, they said we could build. They could build more, and he said, That's "Well, true. he said you only have two days." I guess they never said. But they, they never said they couldn't do it in two right. days. So I figured though that that was the implication was, "Oh no, it's not enough time." Right. <laughs> Maybe not. Um. So, I, one of the things about it being the crew, I really liked, as silly as it was, the little homicidal fungi talk back and yes. forth. That oh, was yeah. fun. That was fun. You know, he was yeah. light. Definitely enjoyable. Yep. What were you... So, when they got to that planet, before they actually get to the the house, really, where all of these... The property, where all these... You mean the, um, as I wrote it, the spa outside of L.A.? Yeah, exactly. Um... So before they got there, I mean, did, what, did you have any thoughts of what you were expecting to find when what you were expecting them to find when they got there? I really didn't. Yeah, I really didn't. But once I saw it, it was so perfect. Yeah, because it looks like it came right out of Next Gen, like even yeah. the first season Next Gen. Right. The whole vibe of it, right? Doing the yeah. yoga and yep. And actually, yeah. So I had the spot outside of LA, and then it was very Next Gen. It also seemed like Roddenberry would have loved that place. Yes. Yeah, yeah, but it was like, I liked the idea that it was a sort of oasis in a, I mean, they weren't really on a, they're not on like a desert, doesn't yeah, seem very desert-like, right. but like, I mean, it seems somewhat, it's, it's it's desolate, but it's like this oasis on this, what seems to be like a desolate planet, and um, so what I was thinking going into it was, is this a whole, is it like a whole planet living as a society, you know? with cities and whatnot, you know, that's what I thought it was potentially going to be, but. Oh, right. Um, yeah. Yeah. I was, I wasn't sure because everyone seemed to immediately assume that there were a lot more Sojis around. Yeah. I guess I never really bought that. And I thought maybe they would be wrong. Well, when I saw how many, I mean, I don't know how many there were, but it didn't seem to be like any more than like, what, like a hundred or something like that. Could yeah. have been more, you know, maybe more yet, more or less. And I thought to myself, like, the Romulans are coming to destroy just this. Like, that's it. <laughs> All the sense, yeah. But I, I, I guess what I'm saying is I thought there would have been way, way more. Right. right? It's like a small, it's like, it's just a, it's like a, just a small community of sense. Right. But as far as they know, yeah, it always going to take one of them to be the destroyer. Yeah. I guess. I don't know. I, I, I guess what I'm saying is like, it just, to me, seemed like there was supposed to be way, way more of them. And maybe they're... That's interesting, because yeah. I thought there would be less or none. Yeah. Um, well, one thing, I want to hear your take on this, because when they show up, and they're talking to Arcana, who's the first one they meet, who's the nice one, who's surprisingly moved yep. to see Picard. I really like the scene where she touches his face and says the lines. They're just lines, but they imply so much more. Grief, yep. endurance. Yep. 
that was interesting. Um, I mean, the first thing you see notice about her is that she's immediately got the data, data eyes appearance data to her. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Now here's the interesting thing. She says, Soji, it's so good to see you. You completed your mission. Now, I thought fully Soji was going to say, yeah, by the way, what the hell was my mission? Yeah, but instead she said yes. We st- So when I finished watching the episode the second time, mm-hmm. I had to go out, search online and try to remind myself because I was like, did they reveal what Soji's mission was yet? Like, did we ever find that out? And I'm like looking at her no, bio right. on Memory Alpha. I'm looking at Bruce Maddox. And I go, we still don't know right. what he was. Why did Bruce send her yeah. there? I mean, at this point, could it just be something simple like, could it be for recon? Just find out what they're doing. Find out what they're doing and what, yeah. Like, could it just be something as simple as that? Or maybe it was to find out about the admonition. Well, for Soji, but then Dodge has a different story. And don't forget, Dodge was going to go, before she was activated, she was going to go work at the Daystrom Institute. That's true, too. So maybe to build more sense? I don't know, but... Yeah, but yeah, but we viewers I, don't still, know what the mission we're, was. We're still guessing what that is. Yeah. Like I, those are just two theories. So I was I mean, hoping those could be it. But that's where we were going to get it revealed. That's one of those underlying questions that still needs some kind yeah. of. Um, now the most important information she brings back is about the admonition. So yeah, but I don't know that Maddox knew about the admonition. Maybe he did. We can't know if Maddox was even calling the shots there at all. It's the other question. Um, so we meet Arcana, then we meet Alton Inagu Sung. Played none other played none other than by Brent Spiner, which this entire Sung family history, they all look the same. Yes. Every last one of them. Yes. They're all played by Brent Spiner. Brent Spiner plays all of them, yes. Um going as far back as Enterprise. Right. Yeah. So I posted that clip on on Twitter, by the way. Oh cool. Yeah. Um, I believe that that is not Sung, that is Lore. Yeah, that... So I believe it strongly. That did not occur to me, but you have that thought because of something... Well, I had it anyway, and then I read about the story, which yeah. blew my mind. So here's why I have so, it. Here's one yeah, thing so, so far. Go into this. One from before is... When Gerardi asks, do they hate us? And Soji says, no. Remember, Data was open-minded. Yeah. yeah. Oh. Data was open-minded. Right. Well, Data was. But... Yeah, Data was. Lore's not. Lore's Well, Lore can still be open-minded. He's just... He's an asshole. But his intentions are different. I mean, you were just watching... Yeah, he's a brother, insecure so... jerk. Or, um, Data Lore. So that's one bit. Um, secondly, <clears throat> in their first conversation, when he says, us humans get parched when we're thirsty. We're not all machines here. That seemed a little, uh, on the nose for him to be saying that. Hmm. You know, I don't say to you, Kevin, it could have been us his, humans need a beverage. I mean, that could have been his way of distinguishing himself to yes. say, I am a human. Yes. But Maybe. I think he was lying. I don't know. Um, That's what I think. Now, another clue. Later he says, I'm the body guy. He's the guy I do the bodies. Yeah. Maddox does the brains. Now, that means he could have made himself an old, wrinkly lower body. Hmm. Um, yeah, okay. I mean, I will admit this This did not occur to me. but He's being very manipulative. Yeah. When he talks to Girardi, he says, You have extinguished a small bright light in the vast darkness of the universe. You have to help me. And, De- and Lore is always manipulative. I mean, is it safe to say that we have been a little 
kind of frustrated that they have not mentioned lore at any point on the show, yes. given that all that's going on. Yes. They and kept saying, what about lore? What about lore? He's up. Where's lore? What's going on? It's because we've pointed out that the writers clearly, despite what you might hear on the internet, know what they're doing yeah. as far as how it falls into Trek yeah. and all that's gone before. Trek lore. Yes. I do not think that they would just... I can't believe it wouldn't slip their mind. I can't believe they would have overlooked that. But yes. at the same time, I think that also can speak to the whole Borg thing on Discovery that you were like, how could they have said that that was a right? Well, that was yeah. But this show has had consistent showrunners, consistent writers. I'm just saying, like yeah. it, it can go both ways. But but no, that but Discovery and none of the sins of Discovery have showed up in the show at all. But the, but I think but you make a good point here because it because the show is so. It's very deep cut as far as telling, you know, it's all about, it's really, I mean, really at the end of the day, it's all about data. Data is the undercurrent of this whole show. So if they had for, if they had overlooked lore at any point, you'd be like, what the, yeah, you know. But then you could say that they seem to definitely have overlooked Lol. Well, they could have at least said like, well, he had a daughter at one point. But she wasn't as cool as you guys. Uh, (laughs) That would have been. But yeah, I mean. Yeah. Well, so let me bring up this other piece of evidence. So, um, the name of the planet is Capellius. Yep. So, like with the title, whenever there's a name that seems odd, I'll look it up. So I looked up, and the only thing that I really could find, other than a German, um, like, industrial band, which probably was based on this, is a German short story from 1816 called The Sandman uh, by E.T.A. Hoffman. And in this story, there's this person who is named Capellius, and this child has nightmares about him, and in the nightmares he is pounding faces out of this metal or something, making these faces in his nightmares. Long story short, later, through his interactions with people, um, he gets caught trying to pass an automaton for a real human, and somehow destroying this guy's life by making an automaton of his fiancée. So that just led me to think, okay, this story is essentially about the big message is trying to pass a false human for a real human. Yep. And I feel that that's what so, Moore's doing. The more I think about this, I'm beginning to, you're beginning to sell me on this theory a little bit more because think about this too. You have, um, you have Sutra who, looks like Soji and Dodge, but has a more data-like appearance. So you could, and I don't think they say it specifically, but you could say, okay, that's an earlier version One would of, think, yes. of her, right? Go back a little bit further. Then you have Data and Lore, who have that sort of inter- that um, and external android-like appearance, right? Mm-hmm. Is whoever um, Brent Spiner is playing, is he sort of like the next evolution of data now being able to look more human? Right. Or, or is he just made to or look he like could, that? Or he could be, or is it lore, you know, taking yes. on that? Knowing yeah. that he has to, to be able to trick people. Like, is it the next sort of version of lore now? This is, okay, this is the version that looks, this is the version of this yes. android that looks more human. Right. Yes. Yeah. And we know that he likes to impersonate people as part of his plans, right. lore. And plus, if he had done that Twitch though, 
Yeah. That would have been... That, w- that would have been like when Soji only once ever did the head tilt. So, but the thing I said before we were recording was I, you know, again, going back to the whole point about how, you know, we were, have been getting a little frustrated that lore has not been brought up yet. And I've no doubt that they're, you know, they're aware of his existence and he's got to, he has to play into this at some point. But I think, and this could be totally wrong, but I think that part of the reason why he has not been mentioned at all is that, you know, we as fans know who Lore is. And, you know, obviously the show is being watched by fans mostly, but I have to believe that there's also a small slice of the audience who's not who may not be totally familiar with Next Gen, they watch it because they like Patrick Stewart, right? Could this lore reveal, could this be done more of a as a surprise for them? Like, we may know, like, oh yeah, lore, where is he? But this mm. could be done as a way of sort of, like, re- revealing mm. it as a so shocking moment to those fans who are so not as familiar. This. Do you think we will get a Discovery style previously on, like we did for... Um... The, oh, the for if memory is, if memory serves. Yeah, wouldn't um, that be incredible? We get a previously on, and we see all about lore. Oh, I would love it. You know, they you know what they could do? They could actually. I mean, that voiceover guy. Actually, the voiceover guy that was on the thing I did for you. Oh, the television. Um, so voiceover person. To kind of deviate for just ten seconds. So, the, so in the first three, four seasons, almost back when Next Gen was on the air, the the uh, person who narrated the trailers for the show was Ernie Anderson, who was also the voice of ABC Primetime. And these are those, you can find them all on YouTube, you know, was, you know, next time on Star Trek, the next time. And I thought, like, they could totally do it like that. They previously could get somebody to imitate them, like, but they could previously, you know, yeah. previously on Star Trek, the next <laughs> They could get somebody to, I mean, I'll do it. Cause that, cause that, actually, because that guy is also my, that guy's, oddly enough, my voiceover idol, because he could make everything sound, you know, oh, amazing. Yeah. Great. So, to your point, if they did that, that'd be... <laughs> That'd be fantastic. That would be great to fill fill in. Yeah, um, I hope it happens. But even like on that, when they did that for on Discovery, I thought to my, I remember watching that, thinking to myself, like, did I click the wrong thing? What is this? Oh right, yes, yeah, I thought I made a mistake. Yes. Yeah, yes. Um, that, so yeah. That, by the way, can I just say really quick? Yeah, please. When that, I remember when that episode aired, that was the night we saw Captain Marvel, and I didn't want to go because I wanted to watch Discovery. Oh, right. I remember I went. I think I went to get a refill of my drink or something like that, and you said to me, I thought you slipped away and like went into the bathroom to start watching <laughs> Discovery. Because yeah. And that was that episode that night, because I remember that's, that's right. what I saw when I got home. Yeah, right. so, sorry, pointless side story, but yeah. That was a good one. Yeah. Um, so I do have one more point on Sutra, mm. which first off, the name is great, because, um, and I think it's also Gene Roddenberry would approve, yep. given that, you know, the big thing I like to push about Gene Roddenberry is he was into orgies. I don't even know if that's true, but in my mind it is. And I'm pretty sure it is. But Sutra, so the Kama Sutra being this, you know, book from, I don't want to get it wrong, but it's essentially it's some spiritual book of sex positions of ancient India. Yeah, I believe that. So the fact that her name is Sutra. I believe that. Come on. So I believe it's Sung is explaining Maddox's plan to uh, Agnes Girardi. And... There's a point when he says his plan may have become more devious. And when he says the word devious, they cut to Sutra. So mm-hmm. the word devious is over us looking at Sutra. Yep. So I think that goes to show that, I don't know, it's part of the plan I don't think is really Maddox. I think it's lore, personally. Yeah. 
Do you think the butterflies have any significance? I don't know. Okay. I, I, I wondered that, but just because just because he made a thing out of it. Yes, um, I miss butterflies. I mean, it could be a throwaway line or it could actually mean something. Right. Um, if it means something, I don't know. You know, I don't know if it would mean anything. You've truly. never seen lore particularly enamored with butterflies. Well, I mean, if it does mean something, I don't know if it, I don't know. You know, I, I, I would, I just don't believe it would be something too substantial. Okay. So, yes. but yeah. We just have this mentality now of like trying to read into everything that people say know, on TV because, you know, I like to say thank you, Lost. Yeah. Um, so what did you think of the idea then? I really like it that, as Sutra noted, the Romulans are idiots. They've been being driven crazy because they just cannot understand this, so, this admonition. I mean, when I heard that, obviously now I'm running like 54 years of Trek lore through my head, seeing if that sort of lines up with the way the Romulans behave. But the Romulans are just, I mean, they're just notoriously assholes anyway. Um, and they do have a little bit of a par- they do have a paranoid streak about them. Mm-hmm. So, but I think it's I think it was sort of the Romulans themselves and the way they behave. Like it was sort of not vague, but it, there was just the way they were. Like you could, e- I, I think you could easily just say like, yeah, not to say that we need a reason for why they are the way they are, but that does to me seem to fit. Like if you're going to come up with a reason. Mm. Yeah, like that could work. We just, and when I say running through the lore in my head, like I can't, but I can't think of any specific moments that sort of, that I can connect to that. Right. Other than their behavior. Like, is there any specific instance where they just say, well, because there's that scene, I think I mentioned it, I played a clip of it in one of our earlier episodes from the episode of Next Gen, The Defector, who, you know, The Defector is looking at, data and he says that he mentions i don't remember what his line is specifically but he mentions that there's some sort of like ai like artificial intelligence wing or some sort of like robotics synth wing of the romulan empire yeah and says oh they're very interested in you Mm. and maybe that was a cover because they didn't want to let him know oh we have a whole bunch of people trying to kill you well because at that point in in the Picard, where we were with Picard, like, you know, we were sort of believing that, oh, the Romulans are just terrified of since they want to, you know, yes. destroy them. Um, I Now I wouldn't say that they're, at this point, I wouldn't say that they're specifically scared of them. They just, I, I wouldn't say, I, I wouldn't say that they're scared of them. I just think that they want to, you know eliminate them yes yeah i like i like the idea though that they've just they haven't actually understood the vision at all they've misinterpreted it because they can't actually understand well, don't forget it. like they did say that uh what was a commodore o said if you she said to gerardi yes i forget what her exact, we've talked about this point it drives time, people insane drives people and insane. we see it when only out of all of them that look at it only O and um roxy whatever her name is Rizzo. Thank you. Barbara. Uh, yeah, Barbara. Rizzo can, are the ones that only the ones that the thing cannot is, be driven insane. Because it's not for human minds, it's for synth minds. But the thing is, though, I don't know if that can speak for the entire Romulan people. But the thing is, that's just the Zadvash seeing the 
admonition. Like that to me also, that doesn't explain, that's not the reason for the entire Romulan people. At least that's the way the line is spoken. To me, it implies every Romulan is like this because of this vision. Or is it like, do they, do they somehow pass it on to them? You know, I don't, is the Zatbash secretly driving the motivation of the Romulan Empire? I, I don't know. But, I took it only yeah. to mean that Sutra meant, when she said Romulans, only the ones that have seen the vision. That's how I took it. No, because... I, I don't know if she knows what the Zatbash is. Well, I, I just think that they would have gotten more specific if they wanted to say, like, you know, these specific Romulans. But, I, you know, I thought that maybe this was their attempt to explain why the Romulans were the way they were throughout the entire... Mm, I didn't take franchise, that but I think it's because when you say the Romulans, I'm like, oh, so the Romulans, like all the yeah. Romulan people, but um, we'll agree to disagree. But again, that could even that could also be a throwaway line. I don't know. Yeah. But the admonition itself. Yes. So I know you have a something you wanted to say about your interpretation of it, but I think it's interesting that now we get the whole story with it and all those the distinct images that we saw that didn't really add up. Yeah. How I felt confused whenever we started this planet blowing up. There's a fox decomposing. There's somebody shooting himself in the head, which wasn't really part of it. Some of it's part of his fox or angel vision. Yes. So we see the whole thing. And honestly, what if Spock is a Zatvash? Holy (laughs) shit. (laughs) Yeah, right? I guess they do it. So it's not that exciting until the end because they say life begins, the dance of division. We see the cells and replication, imperfect, finite, organic life evolves. It could go through the history of life. Right. Uh, up to a point. And then they create synths. Yep. And allegedly they see that they don't get sick or die. So then they want to destroy them. But in so doing, they destroy themselves. But beyond the boundaries of time and space, we stand, an alliance of synthetic life, watching you, waiting for your signal. You have mm. our protection. We will come um, to protect you. Your evolution will be their extinction. So, we, well, we, we find out in this episode that there's a sort of high, high I don't want to say higher civilization, but like... It it's seems a like, federation. Yeah. A federation of synthetic life, you know, groups. Yeah. That's, and so they said that this vision, I keep saying vision because I, like, the word just is not staying in my head. Admonition. Admonition. Um, it's encoded... That vision is... Inc- it's, so they say that, that... We found out that that vision, they think that it's actually meant for synths instead of organics, which, which is why the Romulans are being driven crazy by it. And that within this admonition, thank God, um, it's encoded so they can contact these sort of... This sort of... This federation of higher... I, do I, I, I'm, my mind wants to go to, like, godlike machines um, across galaxies. Maybe. Across galaxies. Well, we, well let's, let's look at that. Yeah. What is our evidence for that? Well, apparently they must have... Well, they can move these planets, They can move obviously. planets, yes. That's so, they can make a, like a light railing that puts visions into people's heads. Yeah. So, they're very advanced, at least. Right. Um, they're definitely beyond... Um, but are they beyond... They're beyond type The Q. So, <laughs> all right. So, here's what I want to... Here's the point I wanted to make. Um, and I... I, I I'm like 99.999% sure this is not going to be the case. Okay. I just want to throw something out there. Okay. And I'm and I'm and we did this with um we did this with control on discovery as well. I I had the same I made a similar connection. So, I'm just going to throw this out there. 
So V'ger in Star Trek the Motion Picture. Mm-hmm. Love, love V'ger. Yeah. Um, what we find out about V'ger in its origin is so here's what we know Voyager 6, which was the satellite in that movie that left the solar system and then it landed on this planet of living machines. Oh, shoot. And they take. They take it, they enhance it, they build an entire ship around it, and they send it back. Now, it can find its origin because it wants to know. And we see, you know, when Spock is flying through V'ger, he's seeing basically a visual record of V'ger's entire journey. And I think at one point he even they even kind of briefly show the the planet that he comes that it comes from, um, as far as what 1979 special effects could do. So I'm just sort of leave, I'm just sort of leaving it as and as a and at one point they even refer to Vija throughout the film as like a living machine yes now is it going to be connected I look I I doubt it I'm just my mind is focused on the whole living machine I love that because at one point they joked like oh this is the origin of the Borg like Roddenberry joked that this is the origin of the Borg and for years like fans are like you know they love that some love it some hate that theory but they wanted some sort of you know Um, because that wouldn't be accurate living machines because the Borg are hybrids right and we know that the Borg have been around a lot longer than that anyway so um, here's why I love your idea yeah it's It's not really an idea it's just an observation like I'm not trying to make a connection I'm just saying okay well theory whatever it is yeah here's why I love it it's the type of connection you can make to the motion picture that's not gonna get anyone all bent out of shape you know it's such a subtle thing they've established that there is a group of living machines somewhere and now this is that. It's, it's vague enough on the motion picture that you, if you make this connection, it doesn't hurt. No. The, it doesn't. It's, it's not retcon anything. It's a slight enhancement picture. of everything. Right. Now you have to figure also. They said this is an alliance, of different machine. Uh, Correct. So they're probably at least one of the members of this alliance. I like right. that idea. Even if they don't mention it, in my head, I'm gonna say that's true. And, and the thing that I'm thinking of is like, how do you make that connection? Only because no alien race name is identified in the motion picture. Nothing of that effect. Right. Not, nothing. You'd have to have one of those effect. scenes where Picard says, I seem to recall and, and the Enterprise before mine had an encounter with the machine. You right. Know, one of those, I don't think they would do. Right. It's a little well, clunky. And the events of the motion picture, as far as I know, have never been referenced on any of the later incarnations of Trek. So I don't think... There's no, yeah, but... Um, that's just because it's fallen out of favor, probably, right? Right. So, um, if anyone would do yeah, it, I, I feel mean, it would be this this group. I think it would be a cool connection, but it's to your point. It's one of those connections that doesn't it doesn't hurt anything because it's it'd be the motion picture was vague enough where you could just okay, that's one of how many yes how many of these alliances and it's, you know one thing they did and what they did doesn't interfere with what they're doing now. Correct. Yeah, yeah, I like that. So, um, again, just a just an observation I was making. I was like, hmm, because I and I did the same thing with, uh, I did a similar thing with control. I don't fully recall how I, the exact point that I made, but I remember at one point I tried to, I somehow tried to tie it back to. Uh, yeah, there was no sense to be made of control. So it's no. not your fault. We couldn't, we couldn't get. We couldn't gain control of it. No, then the other neither could the writing staff. No offense, they work hard. 
Appreciate all their efforts. We got to stop this. We we we. <laughs> <laughs> Every single episode, we find some yeah, way. To but it's always in poke discovery season two. And we're very looking forward to three. We really are. <clears throat> um. All right. We get a little conversation between Sutra and Soji. Sort of the yin and the yang here. Yep. Um, and they have their different plans. So Soji's talking about potentially evacuating them all. And Sutra is very much on the call the, the Alliance of Synths yep. angle. And eventually we see that the whole of the group of synths is on bandwagon. Even Soji for calling yep. the synths and yep. arresting Picard. Um, yeah, this is when we find out that this is when we find out like why Soji is the destroyer. Right. Yeah. Or the sense in general, because I don't think the Romulans can distinguish anybody. They don't know what they're talking about. Basically. So quick observation about this in this, that happens within this moment. So I loved the idea. It had this really next gen feel to it coming from Picard where he was saying, cause they wanted to, they were getting ready to kind of fight with the Romulans and Picard's like, well, no, because you don't, He's like, I think the best approach is that you actually don't present yourselves as the people they think you are. Right. You will, because you will make not. yeah, you will make their theory, their vision come true. If you destroy all life, then they're right about you. And and that to me was a bit of a callback to an episode of Enterprise. Remember season three with the Zindi? Ah, yes. There's a moment where they find a base in Zindi space where they think that has some connection to the weapon they're building, and they're gonna and they're gonna blow it up. Mm-hmm. And Archer's like, well, if we do that, because the, the whole point was the Zindi got information that humans were going to destroy their homeworld in the future. And so they were jumping on that and trying to destroy our home before. And Archer says, so as far as Zindis were concerned, like humans were an aggressive, dangerous race that are going to eventually uh, cause their own, cause their destruction. And so they have this opportunity to destroy this weapons base. And Archer says, well, if we do that, then that proves to them that that's who we are. If we destroy their base and kill everybody here, then, then they're going to know that yes. we are. He's like, the whole point is that we don't show that we are those people. Yes. Right. And I loved that Picard actually had the same yes. approach, not because of the connection, but like just because it's a very Trekkie idea. It's a very Trek like idea. Correct. It Absolutely. just reinforces the fact that this, you have people behind the show who know, the lore of the franchise very well. Yes. And I think it gets for some good conversations between characters because we have so Sutra and Soji, as we mentioned. But then also um, we have Picard and Soji talking about the logic of sacrifice. Yeah. Which I think is great because it, it comes down to they sort of have this idea between either you, you have no choice or you're being right. Yeah, and either you're it's just fear and and you need to survive. It's Soji's case, like sometimes you just have to survive and you have to do whatever, right? And sacrifice lives in order to survive because mm-hmm. you have no choice. Yeah. And Picard tries to say that that's if you're being dictated by fear, then you're making bad decisions. Seems to be his idea. As Michael Burnham said, the only way to defeat fear is to tell it no. Right. Right. And as. Yoda said, right, fear leads to the dark side. Right, but... It's a bunch of other stuff. Right, but, you know, we yeah. got to stay in the family All with right. the franchise here. Um, here. Here's a question that I have. Okay. 
why is Picard still trying to contact Starfleet for help? Is he an idiot? I I wondered about that. Um, I mean, they were going to go to Deep Space 12 with the... Right. Well, he had that sort of nicer moment with the Admiral, despite the fact that she said, shut the fuck up. Like, so there was going to be a fleet of vessels. But they help. know Commander O is in. And they know that Commander O knew what Picard told the Admiral, I think. Commodore O. Um, Thank you, Commodore. Sorry. Like but she's with the Romulans, so like she's not... Yeah, that was her on the bridge in the last scene, right? It was. Yeah, it that's was. messed up. So, and, and... I thought she was undercover. Well, but this goes back to the whole idea that you know when people complain that, oh, Starfleet's so corrupt, and it's like, no, it's it's one ad, it's one Commodore. That's all it is. It does, well, that doesn't mean all of... Well, no, the other lady was in on it, too. Okay, so you okay, so two people yes. out of how many? Um, Thank you. But I mean, I don't, I didn't view that. I mean, I was a little like, mm, what's he doing? But then I remembered, like, oh well, he had, he was going to be with. I think they said a dozen Starfleet vessels last week to go to Deep Space Twelve to meet at Deep Space Twelve. So I still didn't buy. I think he buy. was just saying, okay, I need that, but I need. The, I think he was saying, I need those ships and I need them. Yes. I need them right here. And he was, you know, trying to use... I guess he's not lost hope. He's not lost his hope in Starfleet because he's saying, I want to have a first contact situation yep. so that we can protect these people. So he's going to their core belief, and he still thinks that it can save him was, and he was, them. He was going to their core belief. I, th- I still think that he needed, knowing that Romulans are coming, like, we have to defend this planet because... To what we were discussing earlier, we did, even though we didn't really get an answer of to say like, oh, what did they say we had? We lost on the um, on those flowers. I forget the number they said, but like, I'll just make something up. They said, you know, we had twelve, twelve, and we lost three or something like that. And so, and they say, well, you need more. Yeah, and you have what they say today to Even though they left that ambiguous, it sounded to me like the, the implication was they can't make more in two days. Correct. So. But based on the trailer from next week, it seems like they were successful. Yeah. Um, but I think that that's why I think Picard was contacting Starfleet. It's like, I need, we don't have the means of defending ourselves here. Oh, I get that. But I just so, don't understand why he would think, if I were in his case, and for everything I've seen on the show, I would not trust Starfleet at this point. Hmm. And I would say, if he does that, it's just as likely you could have well let me ask you you this. could have oh wait wait you could have um section 31 show up to help the romulans but let me ask you this cuz I'm just running this through my head yeah. does picard know does picard himself know about what commodore o is doing have we seen any evidence of that, that yes. he's aware of it because gerardi told him what o you're right yes you're right yes. correct correct um Yeah, I agree with you. Yes. Yeah. So, I'm surprised because he's that so... That was last week. That was real last week. Yeah. Because he's so down on Starfleet. Right. And then he finds out about this, that O is working with the Romulans, and then he still, though, is, has his faith in Which him. kind of surprised me because he still feels that he can make a strong case for Starfleet to lift the ban on the synths. And they're just right. like... Yeah. But one parallel I loved was how, and I didn't even think of this really until um, Sutra, I think, mentions it. Picard wants to get them out of there before the fleet arrives. He wants to do another like, evac. He's like, this is not Romulus. And I was like, fucking man, I didn't even think. It's like, it's like, yeah. is he trying to redeem himself? Like, 
you know, I, like it just didn't even hit me until that moment. Right. I was like, fucking hell, yeah, why didn't I see that? I, and I don't think he is, really. I think he just sees it as the best option. Yeah. But as Soji said, it's like, what, we're just going to run, then they're going to chase us to another place, and then we're going to run from there? Yeah. No, we're not doing that. It's like if Control's coming at us, and we can't, no. you know. <laughs> and Okay, so that gotta brings go to, us... they got to go to the future. So this brings us to a point. Clearly... <laughs> Sorry, Picard's gonna send them. They're gonna send them 900 years into the future. And then we can have a team up. Okay, I'll take that. <laughs> That'd be amazing. Um, don't I just pretended like I didn't hear you. Uh, so here's what I'm left with, and this is where we can talk about Narek. First oh, yeah, off, we haven't even talked about it yet. Narek is the worst. Yep. So right off the bat, he tries to trick them by projecting his ship and him being in trouble. Yeah. And then here's the fascinating thing that I think lends to Soji's decision later, because what does Picard say? No, we don't attack an enemy when they are hurt. Bad Picard. Um, you, that was more Narek. Yeah, Picard. that's true. Yeah. All right, so we don't attack an enemy when they're hurt. Thirsty. It's not, no, he's the worst. And they have the same dental care on Romulus as they do in England, surprisingly. Well, okay. He's the worst, but at the same time, I don't even know what to think of this guy. Like, I don't well, even know. I think, I think Soji tells us what to think of But, so he sleaze, right? He's so, but, no, but no, totally. listen to what message gets sent to Soji. Picard says, tries to convince her. He tries to do the Picard thing, right? We're not going to attack an injured enemy. That's not noble. We're going to do the noble thing, and we're going to beam him aboard, and we're going to beam him to sickbay, they say. Yes. We're going to help him. Yeah. And what happens? It was a trick to screw you, and they try to kill you. So, the message sent to Soji in that moment, I think, is... Picard has nice intentions, but he's wrong. Well, Picard and Narek haven't even come back to, haven't even come face to face yet. Right. Yeah. So, but my point is just that his whole nobility just got slammed as not the it way may to do be, things. He, yeah, because it's like there's a place for it, but not every time. Or I think the message to Soji is Picard is wrong. I just, uh, yeah, I, I, he's such, so, um, Narek is such a fucking scumbag. I just, yeah, like he's the worst. Yeah. So, okay, so that's the first setup. Then he tries it again later when he says, I'm so thirsty. I'm oh so my thirsty. God. And I'm hungry. Um, and almost, and, and, he, gets, and he kills, uh, what's your face? But I don't think he does. Or, well, he sticks the thing in our eye. And... Well, I don't think, I think Sutra did that. Oh, yeah, actually, no, yeah, probably. So, even though, even though Soon says, why did he do that? Saga. That's right. Yeah, Saga. That one's name was Saga. I thought it was Arcana, but that was Saga that got him. Um, yeah, so, he's cradling her. He's like, well, why did he... He says he did this. He. You know, but, well, because obviously Dan Lore is going to be in on the plan. I know. I know. Because it's all to undermine if it Picard. Is yeah. So... You're so much better at this than me. <laughs> so, in fairness, this is what I do. This is my job. I... <laughs> I get paid to do this. Not by me. You're, you're saying as a teacher. As a teacher, yeah. As, yeah. A, as teacher, a teacher yes, of yes, English yes, language yes. arts, you know, yeah. to break down stories a lot. But. Yeah. Um, so, so what is Sutra's plan? Because she lets Narek out and says, my desire, I was hoping my desire to kill you would not outweigh my need for you. So, how would you like to get out of here? She stages the killing. She lets him out. He's running toward what? The Borg Cube. Borg Cube. And then... How did they even get him in the first place? 
How did they? They like, just showed up with him and said, "Oh, yeah. we picked up this dude over on the but far side." What, but that's what I mean, though. Like, how did they? Yeah, you know, is there something? Is there some unknown in there that plays into all of this? Like how they actually? I mean, I know they were they were you know they had the space battle in the beginning. But, yeah, maybe a um, ship crashed and they just went and checked it out. Yeah, potentially. But what what's on that Borg sphere that he's going to be that he needs to get back? There? Right, on and Borg cube. That how does it help Sutra to have him alive? I know right. why it helps her to have him seem like he killed Saga, because they she wants to make sure that they call for the help from beyond. Yeah, and and excise them yes. from excise them from organics. Yeah, so this is a way so, for her to say, look, they're just as bad as we thought. Look, they killed Saga. Exactly. So in that aspect, I get it, but yeah. But the thing is, she could have done that. She, to your point, she probably did that. What's Narek there for? Right. She could have done that. She could have killed Narek and hid the body and got the same point. Like, look what she, look what Narek did. So why does she want Narek alive? That's what I want to know. Unless his plan, is, unless she says, I don't know. But why would he listen if they say you go take care of the people in the board cube because they might mess up her plan? But then, or is it the other way around? Like, if she's the one that killed um, Saga, Saga. Does that in any way reinforce the Romulans' take on how dangerous they are? Even though, even though she killed one yeah. of her own, well, well, this yeah. is a big if. Like, even if we don't even know if she if she did do that, but it goes to show that they have no. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah. oh, and that actually ties back to what Soji was saying. Sacrifice, right? In her mind, she might say, "I have to kill Saga in order to save all of us," because the only way, right, is if people go along with the plan. Yeah, the the. the the bigger question that I have with that moment is, what is it that, what is Narek there for? And yeah, why keep him alive? Why keep him alive? And, you know, what's on the, I mean, he's running back to the artifact, you know, which makes sense because that's where he's been the whole time. But and we may, part, but, I think we're going to see a Elnor Narek showdown. Oh, God. Um. But is there something over there that he needs? Like I, you know, I don't, I don't know. Yeah. So basically, I. I and, and, and where is and where, where is Rizzo during this whole thing? Who's Rizzo? Oh yeah, Rizzo's probably on the ships with the, with oh. But but the thing is, Rizzo stayed very closely connected with Nara because they're brother and sister, so she always stayed in contact with them, and it's like, well, it's true, you know. So. Yeah. So I want to know what. The plan of Sutra and I suspect lore is with yeah. Narek. Um, what I did love was Soji and Narek. So when he says, "But I love you," yeah, I, I love the whole scene is great because she says, "I know you love me," and that's why you're a sick mess of a creature because mm -hmm. you love me and you still want to destroy me and my people, and yep. you're even more messed up because of that. Like mm -hmm. that was interesting because obviously it's easy to assume he was just lying and he didn't really love her, right? But he does, and he's gonna. Wants to kill her. So he's a terrible creature. When all is said and done with this, uh, maybe with this episode specifically, what to you is the biggest, what's the biggest question mark right now that you have? The biggest would be a little... Or is there one singular one? or is it just There's a, a couple, of... but a big one is who yeah. are the, who is this alliance of the synths? Yeah. What are they really going to do? And who is um, who is Alton Inagusung? I think for me the biggest the biggest one I have is the one that we were talking about earlier, 
What? The whole reason that these events have been played out the way they have been is because Dodge and Soji were sent out there. Yes. Right? For the mission that we don't know. So that's what set all of this in motion. Why? What was the reason for that? That they were sent out. Why, why was that the case? Yeah. Yeah. And I actually think that Gerardi knows why. It's interesting that you say that because I think Gerardi is going to be very important yeah. to what happens next episode. I think Gerardi knows why they were sent out. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. But because that's the the two of them go, being, you know, um, Dodge was, uh, as I said, accepted into Daystrom. Soji was on the Borg Artifact. What was the reason the two of them were put out there for? Here's one thing that might make sense for the or Artifact. And we said maybe it could be for Recon. Right, because what if Maddox and or Lore somehow knew about what the Zatvaj was up to? They knew they were working on the cube, and they thought, here's a way to infiltrate them and mm-hmm. see what their plan is. I mean, that works for, for Soji. Yes. Dodge, I don't know. But what about Dodge? I mean, what we know about Dodge is that Dodge was a student, I believe, and was going to be accepted at, and was accepted at Daystrom. Right. Who yeah. would no longer create synths because of their brand. But, yeah. But even then, think of this too. The Zapfash aggressively tried to get get Dodge immediately. Remember that? Like they they attacked her in her apartment, then they attacked her at the Starfleet. The yes. Starfleet. I don't think they meant to kill her though, because they put the hood over her. I think they were trying to capture her, but they did kill her pretty quickly. Right, but what I'm but what I mean is now, unless my memory is failing me, and if it is, somebody comment on this post on Twitter and tell me. Dodge was activated as an android when the Zatvash came to get her. It wasn't like she was activated and then they're coming after her. Yes. She activated when they were trying to actively capture her. Right. right. What did so, they know? Why, so you have Soji over here on the cube, then you have Dodge over here in Greater Boston. That's a good point. So... Are they just trying to kill her because she's a synth? Okay, fine. But why are you not doing that? Why are you trying to get her over here, her being Dodge? But, oh. you're, but you're letting Soji just kind of, um, you know... I remember. Remind me. Okay. Narek says it to his sister. We tried it your way with Dodge. Now we're going to try it my way with Soji. Yes. I'm going to seduce her with my hip... And I remember Indie the conversation between guitarists. I remember, and I remember the conversation between Rizzo and and O. And O says, "We have one more opportunity. Don't squander it." I just I couldn't remember what the reason was why they aggressively went after Dodge, but not yeah. One Soji. was Rizzo, but it's you're right. It's that Rizzo's line. the yeah. aggressive one, and Narek's the smooth talker. Right. Right. Okay. Um. So the plan works. Picardi gets... Picardi? Wow. <laughs> I love some Picardi. Picard gets completely undermined because he gives his great um, speech. Yep. 
and he, he's completely undermined because of the plan. And Sung says, he says, the Federation will listen. And Sung says, no, they won't. They didn't listen before. They're not going to listen now. Yeah. And then they all get arrested. Except Agnes Jura. Well, because she said she's willing to die. Right. Because they said, um, you know, Sung says, she's about as close as a mother that to you all have. that you have. And um, then she's asked, would you die for us? Would you, would you die for your says, children? She says, I'll know if you're lying. I'll know if you're lying. And she says, oh, incidentally, I was a little, like, head-scratching when... Uh, I was scratching my head a little bit when, like, an android can do a Vulcan mind melt. Yeah. I I, I don't know. I just... It didn't bother me. I, here's why. They needed it, and... it's I, plot, I get it. Plot device. I understand. Yeah. But... I guess, though... Because why can Vulcans do it? Is it something in their brains, or is it something like physiological, like well, I, physical? I always thought it was something to do with the Vulcan, because it's called a Vulcan mind melt. Yeah, but maybe they could just. But if anybody can, but if anybody can do it, then it's just a mind melt. But what if only Vulcans can do it? As far as anything organic, but you have to have because your mind has to be developed to this point that no humans are or other creatures. But of course, synths can do it because once they figure it out, possibly. I, but. Your original question was, you know, is it something specific to Vulcans, like in their physiology, which is what I, which is what yeah. I was saying. Well, like, yeah, they have a special probably. organ in their brain Correct. that makes it work, or is it just, yeah, yes, yeah. It was interesting. I like they said this. He read the most famous um, Vulcan philosopher, Sirach. Yes, yep. and also if you noticed before, Rios had a Sirach book, mm-hmm. Sirach and existentialism. Yeah, um, but yeah, they so. And to your point, I think that Gerardi is going to be key. Because she's the only one that's not in wherever they're putting the brig. Yeah. So somehow she will play a role in saving them, I guess. I I really don't know what's going to happen, and I love it. Yeah. And so, and uh, once again, I'll revisit this uh, point that I made a couple times already. Like, it's all come together very tightly. Like, there's nothing, there are definitely questions that need answering, but I don't feel like there's too many of them that they can't do in an hour. That was perfect. Right? So, um, I don't want to make comparisons to the previous show, but just as a season of Star Trek, as a season of television, like, how do you feel this has played out? I mean, we're going to, we'll talk more in detail when we do our season wrap up, but... Um, yeah, it makes sense to talk about at the on the after the penultimate episode. Yeah, I think that because next week is it. Yeah, I almost want to say the thing that people say that mm. we don't like, but like it's not Star Trek, but I like. Now, obviously, you, it is Star Trek. Well, what do you mean by that? Because it's unlike any other Star Trek we've ever gotten. Right. Because there's a mystery that's unfolding over yeah the season. Now, we sort of got a discovery last season, but they botched it so badly, I can't even say that that counts. Well, I'm kind of attributing this to, you've got the first two seasons of Discovery, which, you know, not perfect. You know, season one was good. I think, see, I, I still believe season two was an improvement, but it's almost like that was sort of the show that they were kind of figuring things out and getting, and then they finally were able to kind of, because think about, think about the things with this show, Picard specifically, that people have been complaining about 
Oh, I don't like that she calls him JL. Well, they're all, you know. Like, there's too much action. There's not enough action. It's boring. It's too much, too shooty, shooty. But the thing is, nobody, I mean, unless you're a certain color media, um, <laughs> people He are means com- red letter media. He people, doesn't insinuate people... anything about race. I... Oh, sorry. I didn't mean to even that way. I just, I didn't want to say them by name because I just feel like it's not nice to, you know, fellow, uh, podcast or whatever to kind of you know take jabs or whatever. oh yeah. i i love them um anyway I disagree a lot but i love them. the com the complaints about this show we we so depending on how so put it this way depending on how next episode goes right if everything is wrapped up nice and tightly i don't know if we'll have much to say on a season wrap-up we had a lot to say on the season wrap-up of discovery because we were finding out we just found all these little plot holes, and we, well, yeah, just, well, we were going yes. on and on about it, right? Our, yeah, the wrap-up of Discovery seemed to be, my, like, how did this happen so royally? My point is, is that people were who, a lot of the complaints about Discovery, in my opinion, were, and I, I don't just mean us, they were legitimate, because they were, like, literal, I shouldn't do that, they were literal, like, story issues we could see that there was something wrong with the writing like this is not connecting with this and this yes oh well the answer for this seems like it's over here but they didn't do that when you look at the complaints about picard like picard is going to get complaints no matter what but when you have complaints of the level of like oh she's calling him jl i don't like that right she's it's 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 it's, it's these tiny little things and there are more i just can't think of them but it's it's complaints of that level i have not really seen anything regarding the plot, I've not seen anybody really identify no. plot holes or anything like that. Like, I've not seen... I've just seen small nitpicky things. Yes. And even in the colored letter media that you talked about... Red letter media? Even in that, one of the the, the hosts... I haven't seen their latest, but even... They'll, they'll point out their nitpicky things, but then yeah. one of the, the hosts says... Always will say, like, but you know what? It's kind of fine. <laughs> like, it's an enjoyable show. Right. It keeps coming back to that because... Well, I think it's a fine show. the thing is, though, I think for them, I think it's more about, I don't want to call them haters, but no, they're not. I, it's more about they have a specific idea of what they think Star Trek should be. And because it doesn't align to what their idea of Star Trek is, they are more inclined to find, find things wrong with it. That makes sense. But I will yeah. say, in fairness to them, I trust them very much on films and they're very objective with films. Oh, they're extremely entertaining. Yeah. And they're very objective. Yeah. They do film reviews. Right. I have to say, you know. They like some Marvel films. They hate some Marvel films. Right. Like they really look right. at them as films and if they work or not. And I think in general that's the issue I find, not just with them, but people who want to complain about Trek as a whole. You have a specific idea in mind of what you think Star Trek is. And if a new Star Trek show or movie does not fit into your idea, mm-hmm. then immediately your knee-jerk reaction is to say, well, this isn't Star Trek. I don't even... The people who work on the show don't understand Star Trek because, you know, they don't know what my Star Trek is. But I look, I'm I I love Star Trek and I always have. Like I don't, you know, I like, you know, I like one show more than the other one, but I don't hate them. They're just, they're all they're all different, yes. and I just think and that's fine. I agree. Yeah. And this is very different. Yeah. And I like it. But Trek needs to be open to change. It can't just be the same. Why do you think that it dried up after Enterprise? Because it was more or less the same thing for 18 straight years. It just it barely changed at all. Right. 
So it, yeah. Everyone wants '90s Trek, and they and they okay. Look, if you get that in the Orville, then fine, go watch, enjoy. But yeah, so yeah. So I, I like I said all along, I feel like we've been in good hands. The story's good, yeah. flows, the mystery's good. It's consistent with itself, which is a big deal. Yeah, I'll be interested to see how this continues beyond this season. Um, you know, like what's going to be the, because I'm assuming that when after next Thursday, there's going to be it's going to end with some hook to, uh, you know, for what the next season is going to be. Um, One would think, you know, and to your point, you would said, is this, you know, you were like, is this the end of this story entirely, or is this right. sort of like a next evolution of the story going into yes. next season? So let's say yeah. that the synth alliance does come, and then does it's this, like, now we have to deal with the synth alliance. Or does the, does this get all wrapped up, and then the season ends with Q showing up, or something to that effect? The test is not the, over, Picard! Right, like, <laughs> no. Just, again, based I predict on, no, but it would be fun. I mean, based on the way the last, because this is the same team, Based on the way the last two seasons of Discovery ended, I'm assuming that this show is going to end. Well, teasing, wait a minute. This season is going to end. I think when you say it's the same team. It's the same. It, well, I am accurate. It's the same house of writers, basically. It's They're yeah. all under the same. It's the same umbrella. Of, oh, okay. But they, yeah. but the writers on this show had nothing to do with Akiva Goldsmith was on Discovery. Kristen Byer was on Discovery. Okay, you're right. Yeah. Um, but somehow it's way better. My point is... Um, you notice Akiva Gold has been directing the last two? I haven't noticed. Yes. Um, my point is, Season 1 of Discovery ended with the Enterprise showing up. Season 2 of Discovery ended with them going into the future. The tone... You got a taste of what the tone of what the plot device was going to be for the next season. So I'm assuming that this season of Picard is going to end in a, in, is going to do the same thing. I don't think we can look to Discovery and get anything from what this person I just think that so much better. Well, it's got nothing. No, it's got nothing to do with the quality. I'm oh, just, I understand. I'm just saying that it's whatever this, whatever's gonna, however the season is going to end. I feel like it's gonna be something's gonna show up that tells you this is the direction they're gonna go oh, yeah. plot wise for the next season. Perhaps. I don't mean to say like this is better than Discovery. No, 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 no. I'm just saying yeah. I don't look to Discovery to see any templates that are being used on Picard. Personally, yeah. I mean. But you could say that about previous Star Trek shows too. They most, on the whole, they ended their seasons in a cliffhanger. So I'm, what I'm saying is, I think there's going to be a cliffhanger this season, or at least something let us know, indicate you know, what the next season will to, be. That's what. Well, that's what I'm saying. To indicate what the next yeah, season that makes is going sense. to be. That's yeah. pretty much. So what happens? Are they going to arrive at Deep Space Nine? No, they're not going to arrive at Deep Space Nine. <laughs> <clears throat> I'm just going to tell you one thing. I guess Jordy. If they do. You're going to text me, and you're going to apologize and say, I'm sorry, you were right. Okay. Maybe. I remember when season one of Discovery ended when the Enterprise showed up. You would say, you, I think you would text me, you're telling your wife, you're like, he's probably flipping his shit right now. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And, and I'm going to tell you something. Actually, that would be a very... That, if we're talking about templates used on Discovery for that, okay, Deep well, Space Nine would be just like having the Enterprise I'm show gonna, up. And I'm going to tell you something right now. I, when season one of Discovery was wrapping up, right? Mm -hmm. I didn't read this anywhere. I didn't, I, you know, I don't 
totally buying into rumors. I just thought to myself, I swear to God, I said, what if the Enterprise shows up? Yeah. I'm like, it, something about it just seemed to make sense that that would be the case. Yeah. Like, what if the Enterprise shows up? Do you think Deep Space Nine makes as much sense? Um... Well, I don't know because I don't know what the hook is for next season. There could be, there could be some plot that involves. No, 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 no. no. What I mean is. Oh, you mean like where the show is now? Yeah. So you felt Enterprise could show up, and that would make sense. Yeah. Deep Space Nine would make sense. So my feeling that the Enterprise would show up had nothing to do with the Klingon War or anything to that effect. I just thought it's a prequel. We know the Enterprise is out there. Mm -hmm. We know there's that Spock relation. Yeah. We know Deep Space Nine is out there. Yeah. You know, it's a sequel. Well, again, as much as people may have enjoyed, been enjoying or not enjoying season one of Discovery, we all were asking on the message boards, like, we're like, we know the Enterprise is out there. We know Pike is under command of the Enterprise at this point. Could we see it? Could we have a run-in with them at some point? Like, what's going on there? You know, so it was more about embracing the idea that there was an exciting opportunity to see an era of the enterprise that we've only, that at that time we'd only seen for an hour. So I think that's where, where in it lied with me. Um, I could see also it'd be enticing to want to see an era of deep space nine that we've not seen. Right. Right. So but the, I still don't think it's going to happen. The, the, the enterprise showing up made sense. I mean, again, because Burnham was, we knew that Burnham was Spock's half-sister. So it was like, well, we've got to see Spock. And so by extension, we've got to see the Enterprise. We've got to, and by extension, we've got to see Pike, right? Um, so, yeah. I, I, with DS9, I really got nothing. It's just sort of like a wish. <laughs> I see. But, that makes sense. But again, you got people wondering, okay, DS9's out there. Hey, you brought Seven of Nine on, which incidentally... This Borg stuff is still not totally clear to me, like, why that's there yet. Like, it's there, but other, other than it just being meant as a plot device to introduce Soji, does the Borg's involvement in the show factor into what's going on in the plot? I've not seen anything like that just yet. Other than it just being a setting yeah. for our character, for it two really of our hasn't, characters. Hasn't. Yeah. So. Yeah, and I don't think it will. I don't expect like a Borg Armada is going to show up well, next episode. No, but at the same time, then I begin to ask myself, were the Borg necessary? Because you also brought in Seven of Nine. So it's like, is it one of those things like, did it start off like, we want to bring in Seven of Nine. Let's, let's try to write something to get her in there somehow. Yeah. Well, if right. they, if it, if that was the case, then kudos because they did it very well. Where right. I didn't feel like it was forced. Right. But if you were to take Soji and Narek and place them somewhere else, yeah. Does that change anything? I think so. Because also we we get we find out a little bit early on, like for some reason this Borg. I mean, and this is right now, by the way. That could change next week. Yeah. yeah. This board group, we found out that the colony collapsed and why, and it has something to do with this one Romulan. So there's like other clues to the mystery, and that leads us to the vision. Right. So, sure, you could have done it a different way, but I think it worked well. 
I would like to see more humor. And, you know, and maybe this is the wrong way of questioning it, but I just asked myself, like, you know, in trying to, and I know you've taught writing, so you can speak No, no, it. no, not writing, just reading. Reading. And um, interpreting. Yeah, writing too, but not this kind of writing. Well, so I think you can sort of step in on this and correct me, but, you know, because you always say you don't add something to a story unless you have a reason for doing it. If you're a good writer. Yes. If you're a good writer. Up to now, other than wanting to bring in Seven of Nine, wanting to bring in Hugh, wanting to bring in Echev and kill him off. What is the, re like, could, in other words, could that board vessel, could you substitute like a, a Ferengi ship? Well, here's a, here's a, maybe a thematic thing. Wouldn't know yet, but think about it this way. You've got humanity on yep. one side. You've got pure synth on the other side and right smack in the middle. Sort of. We have more. Yeah, I mean, I, I'd be right now. They haven't done anything with that idea, but so thematically, okay, maybe, maybe. But how many people are going to think like that, honestly? I don't know. Everybody. All I'm saying is, you know, everything right now has made sense. I, I know why this is there. I know why this. Is there, I know why that's that. I still don't think I fully know why the Borg are there. I mean, and again. You know, as you say, it's there for a reason. And if that reason, even if it is that reason, just to bring in Seven of Nine, like, all right. Yeah. I guess. Because like I said, I think it's well done. If it had yeah. been one episode, we see a board cube, and then we get Seven of Nine or something. Yeah. That would be a problem. And, and, but it's been an integral part. And this is where I mean when I say step in and tell me if I'm looking at this the wrong way. But, like, I sometimes look at stories. Like, I've done this with, like, analyzing Enterprise and analyzing episodes of Voyager and even DS9, right? So many moments on, there were so many episodes on Voyager and DS9 where they encounter the space anomaly that it could, it, it ends up being a nondescript episode of Star Trek that any, any show could have done. What are you doing that's unique to the premise of your show to really kind of set it apart from everything else? Yes. From the rest of them, right? And so when it comes to the Borg, I just think to myself like, okay, if you took this out of the show, does it affect can, can you still tell this can you tell the story without it so far i think yes yeah and that's where i say is that the wrong way to look at it i, I think so for this one only. yeah because like, like we've said we have a tight show yeah we feel writing wise mm -hmm. and did it have to be the bar cube no did it no. add some some stuff that was good yeah i think so well and and it didn't not make sense. Like it all fit well, the logic. Of and the, the show. thing is, Patrick Stewart was has has a involvement creatively in the show on some level. Executive producer and supposedly and partially in on the writing. He was actually not wanting to bring the Borg in to the show. To the show. Really. So initially. Where'd you hear that? Uh, Keep it Goldsman, I believe, said that in one of the videos. Mm -hmm. um, so clearly something was done to convince him, you know, and if we don't find the answer for this next week, then I will, then maybe it's a better time for me to ask that question. But if an explanation next week is given as to why they're there, then cool. Um, if one isn't, okay. It's not going to hurt anything for me. I, just, I still would be like, okay, but, 
Why is that there other than nostalgia reasons? You know. Mm. <laughs> See, but here's the thing. I okay, think, not nostalgia. Sorry, okay. not because I think nostalgia is is when it's there and it serves literally no purpose other than to make yeah. you say, "I remember that." I guess maybe I just have a weird way of looking at things sometimes. So maybe you're yeah. nostalgia allergic. Well, oddly enough, I used to not be. Nostalgia is the ro- in Rogue One where you see the guy from the cantina says, "You'll be dead." Yeah, that's nostalgia because he just walks by. Right. I, I just I think when it comes to stuff like that, there's a, you know. For me, it's like a just right thing. Like, sometimes you just want to just say, hey, hey, look at that, you know? Like, they walk by the, what is it in Rogue One? They, you say the, that guy. Is that the same guy who... You'll be dead. Yeah, like... When he gets his arm cut off. Yes, yeah. You're like, oh, hey, you know, so... Yes. I know that guy. Yeah. That's it. But again, that that was a one-off. Like, but the Borg have been there for multiple episodes. So, that was a one-off, like, two-second... Sure. I think so. There's a couple things which which would be removed from the TV edit of the show, probably of the movie, if that were you. Know. I would also say this might be what got Patrick Stewart in on the idea was that yes, the Borg are in it, but the yeah. Borg are being used in a way that we've never seen them used before. Mm. Because I could see in Stewart's mind maybe, oh man, it's gonna be me like running around with a blaster rifle again, right. shooting Borg. But then when they heard the idea. Mm. Now, I did want to see them do more with it, as you, as you know. Yeah, you wanted it to be like a... The support group. Yeah. Which we sort of got. But a Borg right. Anonymous thing. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Hello, my name is um, Picard. I used to be looking at this. I mean, we'll see. Again, I'm not saying it shouldn't be there. I just... Why is it there? Is all I'm saying. Yeah. yeah. I would like to see if something did happen mm-hmm. with the idea of the, the... They are the only thing that is both... Machine yeah. and I mean, and that could be it. It's just you, the writers, made a specific choice to bring on a board, a derelict Borg vessel. What is the reason for that? Why was it not a Dominion ship? Why was it not a you know? And look, if it was a Dominion ship, and I, I probably would be asking the questions had it been anything else too. So right, yeah, that's all. Sorry, I'm going on a yeah that went on tangent, and I, I feel like I'm. Hurting my case as a uh, constructive fan here, you know. <laughs> just doing what a fan does. I'm asking questions. Yeah. Well, maybe it will all be revealed uh, next everything, week. Or maybe it was just... Everything will be revealed. A, you know, a yep. location. Then you know the location. Yeah. Uh, before we close, do you have anything else you want to review? Um, let's see. I think I've been a couple of um, general points. Yeah. Oh, yeah, so one scene. This is just like a general thing that didn't really fit anywhere that I really liked, but I also didn't fully understand. So we have Rios and Dr. Gerard, and they have their touching scene. Yeah. Leaving. And he says, uh, like, don't forget about me. You are unforgettable. Hmm. One thing you're not is forgettable. Um, I don't know if their relationships are built enough for that for me. I know they almost slept together, right? And they seem yeah. to sort of like each other. But one thing I did like, I just like that. I like the character of Girardi, I think. You know? Yeah, we go back. I feel like as viewers, we're meant to kind of go back and forth on her. But yeah. um, I think she's been redeemed somewhat because she was doing something that was just beyond her control. Yeah. And. I liked the fact that was it last week or the week before last when she tells when the rest of the crew finds out what she did and um, Rios or they, they want her to join her at the table 
Remember that? Um, it kind of reminded me, actually, I, I didn't think about it until long after that was, remember in Discovery when, um, Tyler killed, oh, nobody wanted to, yeah. killed, um, Culver? Yes. And then we find out, but he did it, you know, he was not. You bring back painful flashbacks. <laughs> the... <laughs> but the point is, is that it was beyond his control and he, when he was in the mess hall, everyone still joined him. Because they knew that oh, right, the Discovery yeah. crew forgave him because they knew yes. that it wasn't. And this his fault. wasn't really Gerardi's fault, right? That's yes. what I'm saying. So you had that Star Trek vibe about it. Yes, yeah. I, I like that she's the quote-unquote only love interest in the show, mm. but she's pretty, um, you know, she's a scientist first and foremost. Yeah. You know, I don't want to, she's not what would normally be like leading woman love interest no. type, but I think it, it works really well. So I think it's well done. She kind of fills the same, a similar role than that Tilly does, I think. A little bit, but the more we've seen her, the more I think she's more complicated. Like you could never see Tilly being the love interest. No. And yet, I think Gerardi works as yeah. that. Yeah. So. So I think that was the only scene that uh, we didn't get to. Yeah, uh, oh, this episode was not served, didn't serve Elnor well, but yeah, I feel like he's kind of taken a back seat. Yeah, he has. Yeah, which is too bad because I want more awkward Elnor, but maybe next episode <laughs> or next season. I think next episode though we will get the Narek Elnor showdown. In the trailer, we see him punch out a couple people. So is Narek one of them? Uh. Don't think so. Okay. Um, so we gotta, you gotta watch the trailer before we. I know. Usually I do, but I had some problems with um, all access today. It wasn't fully accessible. It wasn't all accessible. <laughs> it wasn't. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you. So it got to the Romulan on the bridge, and I couldn't tell if it was O. So I hit rewind, and it shot me back to two minutes into the episode. I found that if I'm watching this on a web browser. Um, if I turn on closed captioning and turn like it somehow doesn't react well to that, like the whole thing, like the UI just disappears entirely and I have to refresh every time. Interesting. Yeah. CBS needs to kind of, you know. Yeah. I mean, I, this is not a problem for me, but it doesn't also doesn't play the commercials properly. Every time it gets to the last five seconds of a commercial, it just skips backwards two seconds and then jumps right into the episode. Hmm. So I never hear the whole commercial, which I don't really care. Right. But, you know, I'm sure they want to make money off of it. Yeah. Well, I don't see commercial when I watch it online. I know. Cool. Well, uh, we'll be back next week. Um, we have just, our podcast has just arrived on, I got the notification the other day, on iHeartRadio. All right. Yeah. So. Welcome, iHeartRadio. Welcome, iHeartRadio sure listeners. Um, troves of you. But we're on just about all the major podcast platforms. Yeah. Um, they're on whatever one the listeners are using. Whatever one you want to listen to. So, so thank you. Um, I always, I, starting last week, I was asking to rate us five stars. Oh, yeah. And you were like, I don't want pity stars. But I think rate, rate us the stars you think we deserve. Do you really want to go to Apple Podcasts and see one star? I'd rather know the truth. What if somebody's just being a dick? I just, you know... If they're going to be a dick, then you telling them to rate us five is not going to change their mind. I think it might. You ruined my whole thing, because by saying, give us what we deserve, they're supposed to say, wow, these guys have real integrity, and then they're going to give us a five. But now I exposed the whole thing. 
Um, okay. This will not be our season finale. But um, no, because we come back for the whole season wrap up. So we've got two more on Picard specifically, and then hopefully Discovery will follow shortly after that. Yes. And that will be our new season. That will be our season four. Do you want to bring back the whole... Yeah, so what do you do while you listen, listeners? Yeah. We know we have listeners. What are you doing? Are you cleaning the apartment? Are you walking on a treadmill? Are you walking your dog? Are, are you, you washing your hands? Doing push-ups? No. Are you doing a, a puzzle? I don't know. What is the activity that you are comfortable yes. that you are doing? Yes, because I'm going to assume that people don't just sit down, you know, in front of a speaker and stare at the speaker and listen. Like it's radio from the 1930s? Yes, the family yes. crowds around on the floor. All right. I think I'm going to Photoshop something like that. <laughs> Thanks for listening.